This week on episode 468 of Priority One, we check out how Star Trek has been keeping us entertained during lockdown with videos galore. In Star Trek gaming, lots going on in the mobile world this month with both Star Trek Fleet Command and Star Trek Timelines, plus a new expansion to the tabletop RPG Star Trek Adventures. RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 468 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded live on Tuesday, July 7th, 2020, and available for download or streaming on Friday, July 10th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elio. I'm Kat. And I'm Tony. Well, welcome back. I hope you all had a wonderful 4th of July weekend for those of you uh, who celebrate it in the United States. This team here is in the United States, so I figure you at least had some something, did you? I watched Hamilton. I'm like, wasn't everybody watching Hamilton? That's what I did. I was not. You are not? <gasps> I what? did not watch Hamilton. Stop just um, a minute here. The Me and Kat, like the boring nerd people, watched Hamilton. And you, the music theater guy, did not watch Hamilton. I Look, uh, everybody has their opinions on the show. I'm not going to tr- attempt to preach or change anyone's opinion. It's not my kind of show. It's not my favorite of Lin-Manuel's works. But But you've seen it. I've seen parts of it. And I'm going to watch the full thing on Thursday. Instead, this weekend, I watched 1776, the musical, with Mr. Feeney as John Adams. Not familiar, but okay. I'm like, okay. I'm, not I'm sure well, that was look good, that one too. Up. Look that one up. <laughs> but that then inspired me to watch the HBO series, John Adams, which is pretty good with Paul Giamatti. Oh, yeah, I really heard good. that Paul Giamatti was so fantastic in that. Yeah, yeah, he's really good in it. Well, I'm really glad you guys were safe and healthy and had a splendid 4th of July weekend. Well, that was a lovely conversation, but before we jump into the news, we want to invite you to join in our weekly conversation, whether via social media platforms like facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, on Twitter or Instagram at Priority One Pod, or by email to incoming at Priority One Podcast. Maintaining these features would not be possible without the support of our patrons. Listeners, just like you, who support the ongoing production of this show by offering a financial contribution each month through Patreon.com. Now, we don't just take your money. We do our best to incentivize contributions. For instance, in After Hours, we're currently re-watching all of the animated series with special guest host Dr. Robert Hurt. So... If you're interested on our ramblings and conversations about the animated series and other geeky things, be sure to check us out over at patreon.com forward slash priority one podcast. One way to support us is to jump on social media and engage with us. Hit those thumbs up, click that share button, retweet our posts. You, our listeners, are the best connection we have to new listeners. 
Now, let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. If you're sitting at your computer or lounging on the sofa, surfing the web on your phone, you might be interested in a story time adventure set in the Star Trek DS9 universe. You see, at the start of the pandemic and subsequent lockdowns, Alexander Siddig, known to Trekkies for his role as Dr. Julian Bashir, took to live streaming. His Sid City Social Club has been a huge success with Trekkies, with guests like Nana Visitor and, most recently, Andrew Robinson. There's something for all Trekkies to enjoy. On July 6th, Sid City Social Club posted a video of Siddig and Robinson reading a story titled Alone Together, a DS9 Companion, Episode 1, These Days, written by Matthew Campbell. This first episode tells the story of Dr. Julian Bashir making an emergency trip to Cardassia. There, L.M. Garrick, now the leader of Cardassia Prime, explains to the Doctor that Cardassia has fallen victim to a pandemic that threatens the entire planet. This first episode is just under 33 minutes, so if you loved Garrick and Julian's relationship, be sure to check this out. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. So, perhaps one of the most fascinating things, and probably what people are going to cling to most in this storytime adventure that Alexander Siddig did with... Andrew Robinson. Andrew Robinson (laughs) is... That guy. One is that in this story, Esri Dax has died. And the symbiote was transferred over to a gentleman named Ken. And in doing so, Dr. Bashir finds himself trying to have a relationship with this man. Um, And let's go ahead and actually play a little excerpt from that scene that discusses what that relationship was like. And it'll be fun to hear them in character again. I'm sorry about Dax. Thank you. I, um, I miss Ezri every day. Ten years. I, well, that is, we, Dax and I, we tried to make it work. I I was so happy to Dax made it back to Trillin time. Ken and I, we were very different people. He's a botanist, can you imagine? Mm. Dax is a botanist. I suppose it's why Keiko didn't seem to mind my visits as much. She and Dax had so much to talk about. Uh, Well, once the Symbiosis Commission discovered our continued relationship, well, we just, uh, we couldn't. Doctor, there's no need to explain. No. Dax always encouraged me to talk about my feelings. Though there's not much else to say, really. I had never really considered being in love with another man. But it was Dax. Ezri, Jadzia, even Ken. It was Dax. Is Dax. But we... We just couldn't... I didn't... It is difficult to find a good counselor to sort out our deepest sorrows these days. I suppose it is. One of the things that I particularly like about this is, one, in my head, now it's canon. You had two Star Trek actors do it on film. This is canon now. That's that's how I that's how I interpret it, which is great because if you watched What We Left Behind, Iris Stephen Bear talks about, and Andrew Robinson, talk about their characters and how, for them, Dr. Bashir and Elam Garrick could have very well had a relationship and that their sexuality very well have been very fluid. So I'd like that the writer of this little screenplay here, uh, Matthew Campbell with story contributions by Craig Allen, touched on that and talked about that. It's a shame it wasn't about them and their relationship. I think everybody's head canon is that the two of them had a, had a thing. But it's good to see that they are going with the support 
an idea that Bashir and Garrick were not binary in their sexual orientation. There are two huge problems with this. Number one, Nicole DeBoer can't come on Alexander Siddiq's show anymore. He just killed Esri. So, I mean, so I don't, maybe she, like, told him to, you know, take a hike when he invited her on. But he just killed, so they just killed off Esri. So, yeah, sorry, Nicole, you're not getting an invite to the show. But secondly, my uh, the problem is, a trill named Ken. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, right. Ken Dax. <laughs> Come what? on. Curse on Jedzia, Esri, and Ken. <laughs> That's no. the best part. No, no. <laughs> But no. I thought that, is it like Trill and Trill can't be together in multiple, like, hostings? Or I thought that the Trill couldn't be with any prior spouse after they were re-symbioted or whatever the word is. So they, they address it. They say that the council told them they couldn't be together. Even though they tried, oh. they couldn't be, they wouldn't allow them to be, to be together. So that's the nice thing about this story is that they are still kind of aware of canon and what we've heard. And so they address that in a passing line, but that's all it needed. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. And it turns out that as we speak, according to Ed O'Connell in the chat, episode two is, is premiering right now as we record this live. I wonder if Ken will be in it. The story in and of itself is definitely an allegory to our current affairs. You know, it, it talks about this pandemic and how Garrick and his paranoia that has been ingrained in him since his days in the Obsidian Order, how he reacts to this pandemic. And yeah, it's fun. So if you have about 40 minutes or so, be sure to check it out. Links will be in our show notes. And I would say don't watch the video. I, I watched the video and I couldn't get into it because I was too busy looking at their faces. Minimize the window and just listen. I think it would probably work a lot better as a radio type thing, a radio experience. You get, I get caught up looking at their faces. Oh, yeah. Andrew Robinson's not in... He's not in makeup. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that'd be weird. I think they tried to play with that a little bit because Bajir said, oh my God, you're looking so pale and your skin's weird. I mean, <laughs> but, I mean, I th but I think that rather than just make sort of a joke out of it, they should have just made it a, a, a radio thing. Well, Captains, if you're looking for something a little more musical after all the hype of Hamilton being released on Disney Plus over the 4th of July weekend, then you should definitely check out Robert Picardo's latest video. Our favorite holographic doctor is passing time during the lockdown, lamenting that he's not Brent Spiner in a hilarious new parody song. Hopefully this is a uh, creative trend that we'll see more and more Trek actors do during lockdown, kind of like Brent Spiner's video from uh, back in May. Bob Picardo is just a treasure, that guy. The song is fantastic. It's so funny. He's just, uh, he's such a <laughs> self-effacing guy. One of my, you know, Tony, Tony convention story time. My son, was, he was about 10, and we went to Star Trek Las Vegas, and Bob Picardo, it was one of the early days, like Thursday or Friday before people got there. So the convention room was empty, and I let my son just wander around. And uh, he was at the table, Bob Picardo's table, and he was looking at all the pictures uh, Picardo's assistant was behind the table, and he said, why are there so many of the pictures of the doctor on this table? And then from right behind him, uh, Picardo takes his hat and sunglasses off and says, because I used to be t because, uh, because I used to be famous on TV. And my son just looked up at him and ran away. Just just, just, just turned around and just, like, just turned off and just ran off. Uh, it, it was hilarious. Oh, my God. I would have done that same thing. 
<laughs> but he's such he's such a self-effacing guy, and he's so so down to earth, and, and the the video is just perfect. Uh, yeah, it, this song is fantastic. Yeah, it's and it's shot really well. I mean, he goes outside. I'm pretty sure he used a, a drone for one of the final shots there. I mean, good for him. And it's all black and white except the parts that show Brent Spiner's face on a magazine cover. That's in full color. <laughs> That's classic. That's good. Well, even though we might not have any new episodes of Star Trek until August, CBS has plenty of content to share. On July 2nd, CBS All Access released a special away mission version of The Ready Room, hosted by Will Wheaton. In this installment, we get a detailed look at Rios' ship La Serena from production designer Todd Chernyovsky. From drawings to models to walkthroughs on the set, this will definitely satisfy our listeners who love to learn about the ships in Star Trek. Following the guided tour, Wheaton welcomes Sir Patrick Stewart via Zoom to discuss Season 1 of Star Trek Picard. During their time, they spoke about some of Stewart's proudest moments, including getting scolded by Marina Sirtis on Nepenthe and his final scenes with Data. As the interview continues, they discuss the importance of Star Trek amidst our current events, and Sir Patrick had this to say. I always believed, and it was easier to bring this into the work back in the time of Next Generation, that what Next Generation was offering was hope. There will be a future, and it will be better. Mm -hmm. There is that still, I think, in, in the Star Trek world. But what we are having to do now is to reflect gently, subtly, not with a sledgehammer, the world that we are presently living in. Now, Star Trek always did that, particularly in our last four or five seasons of Next Generation. We did that, and and that that with metaphor, we can uh, compare the world of Star Trek to the present day world. And um, we need to be doing that in this world because we're in some trouble. And it is only the people who can get us out of this trouble. I have little confidence in our politicians, and I'm talking about the UK as well as about the USA. It is people who are going to improve how we live, where we live, and the safety in which we live. And uh, I mean, we've seen that recently with controversy over police violence and so forth. But it's harder in Star Trek Picard because our world is much more uncomfortable than it was at the time of Next Generation. Starfleet and, and, and the Federation, one could rely on 100%. They were there, they were rock solid. Mm, not so solid now, it would seem. You know, there, there have been shifts in all of that, as there have been shifts in our life. So I hope that we can find ways that are not too heavy-handed, whereby we can underline the fact that it is people themselves who can make the difference. Unfortunately, when asked about season two, Sir Patrick didn't have much to say other than CBS is, quote, committed to season two of Picard. So this ready room, I enjoyed. I thought it was actually a, a nice look into Picard after some time has passed, right? And after it's settled in our brains a little bit. I think that anybody who loves ship design, especially Star Trek ships, will appreciate the segment dedicated to La Serena. One particular point that Chernyovsky mentions is that the ship purposefully was inspired by the ship Nostromo from Ridley Scott's film Alien, which I can kind of see. There's darker lighting on La Serena versus the lab, for instance, which is bright white, like he mentions in the, in the interview. And take note, 
everyone, except for Will Wheaton, said just plainly, La Sirena. No the, never a the. Did Wheaton say the La Sirena? At one point he did, yeah. Uh, no. That guy, canceled. <laughs> and there are other great moments that we see behind the scenes for Star Trek Picard and, and learn actually an interesting fact that Mackenzie Westmore actually had an appearance as a background alien in one of the scenes of Picard on Starfleet Command, which is which is really interesting. They also go on, you know, as we talk about the camera and the sets and some of the acting, they talk about costume designing. And Christine Clark, who's a costume designer for Picard, talks about creating a new Starfleet uniform, you know? And I thought that was an interesting clip and how dedicated she was to producing something that fans will recognize, but also see that it's a progression of the standard uniform that we've come to see over the over the last several years. Again, going back, you start to look at things that have already been seen and the Starfleet uniforms, we put them in a timeline. We have this huge think tank going <laughs> where we had tons of imagery up on all the walls and, and you created this space of the Starfleet uniforms that we have already known. And then we actually had a chance to do two two Starfleet designs for Picard. Oh, amazing. <laughs> we did our present tense as well as a flashback where we see Picard go and talk to Rafi and give us a little more context. Yeah. But our present tense was the year 2399. Yeah. And that uh, we wanted to get a severity of line to that to take the color blocking and things that just move forward in that timeline without being you know going too far off the deep end and so our our present tense is very structural and geometric and kind of simple and then when we went back to our flashback with Rafi and Picard there's a more of an elegance there this is the first time that we're going to see the admiral as we yeah. knew him. I mean, yeah. talk about like, right? <laughs> the, so you wanted this graceful, beautiful tribute to, you know, and, and Patrick was going to wear an admiral uniform and it has to be grand. So we wanted to do a fluidity of line where we got more elegant and beautiful and then a little more severe once he left Starfleet. I love when they do interviews with the costume designers and how they come up with their designs. Because a lot of people are like, oh my god, those costumes, they didn't even pay attention. But they totally pay attention. It's on purpose. <laughs> this kind of gets the feeling of, of like a for your consideration type of thing here. Star Trek has a history of winning awards for the crew or you know, ver- uh, parts of it. Makeup, special effects, sound design, that kind of stuff. And this feels like that, oh hey, you remember, remember these awesome things that happened behind the scenes in Star Trek? Yeah, yeah, you should, yeah, Emmy people, watch this. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. This They're definitely starting the push for the Emmy nominations. Uh, even some of the actors of, well, I think the actors are doing it for a different reason. The actors are showing their behind the scenes photos. I think, for instance, of uh, Mary Chifo, if you follow her on Instagram, posted a very raw photo of what she looks like after they tear off all of that prosthetic makeup oh Oh. that's gotta tear your skin up i can't imagine yeah it's it's a combination of uh, you know a little frightening right because skin's peeling off or Mm -hmm. latex is peeling off yeah but also fascinating at the same time of this massive transformation and the beating that her skin must take wearing all of that i mean all the moisturizer in the world you put it on one day you take it off 
Yeah, put it on, take it off. Put it on, take it off. All those characters on Discovery or any of these shows, really, like you know, Saru, all of that stuff that Doug Jones goes through, everything Michael Doran went through, you know, even Andrew Robinson to get into character. You know, it's a lot of dedication, and yeah, man, does your skin probably suffer. Well, last but certainly not least is the announcement of the next rendition of Star Trek hitting streaming services. The highly anticipated animated series Star Trek Lower Decks is scheduled to premiere on Thursday, August 6th, with its first episode. The following nine episodes will be released weekly on Thursdays via CBS All Access in the United States. For those who may be unfamiliar, Lower Decks is the animated series developed by Emmy Award winner and former writer for the critically acclaimed series Rick and Morty. Trekkies are likely to remember McMahon as the creative force behind the at TNG underscore S8 Twitter account that told stories of the unreleased Season 8 of TNG. The account was so successful that McMahon landed a deal with Gallery Books to publish Star Trek The Next Generation Warped. So McMahon had a part in doing Solar Opposites, which is Hulu's version of Rick and Morty. I mean, let's just be real. It's Hulu's answer to Rick and Morty. And I wasn't grabbed by the show. It just didn't grab me. It kind of, I think we talked about this a little bit when it first premiered. It was too similar to Rick and Morty. I mean, it's the same voice actor, and he didn't he didn't try really hard to sound different. Well, he didn't sound different, and he also has the same nihilistic you know, right, tendencies right. as Rick does. I mean, maybe not as extreme, but, but I found Solar Opposites. There were some very disturbing episodes. Really, really disturbing. Like... Haunting me to this day, disturbing. Well, never mind. Then I'm not even going to bother watching it again. But yeah. I'm a little, cons- you know, the, the, I have that moment of cautiously excited about Lower Decks because, you know, Rick and Morty is great, but hopefully that wasn't McMahon's one-hit wonder. Even though he did a great job with TNG Season 8 on his Twitter account, he clearly knows the the franchise well. I'm cautiously optimistic about it. But... Let's just do a quick rundown of all the Star Trek that's happening right now and coming. Because I feel like every once in a while, we really need to remember, holy crap, we went from no Trek to a lot of Trek. So we've got Discovery Season 3. We've got Picard Season 2, Strange New Worlds, Section 31, and a CG animated show on Nickelodeon that's geared for children. And then we've got short treks and comics. Let's just stick to, to film canon, right? That's a lot of trek. A lot of trek. And that's good and exciting. <laughs> Do we know season uh, section 31's happening? I mean, I haven't heard anything about it for a long time. We haven't. Well, that's true, right? One would think that maybe that isn't going to happen. But it was mentioned as an upcoming show on StarTrek.com. So there's no announcements yet about delays or cancellations of the project although out of all of those i think if one were to go it would probably be the section 31 that would be my guess so it got the least amount of hype behind it i think and uh it, it probably would be the most difficult because michelle yo is probably in demand so so we'll see but that's all the news we have to trick out this week now let's find out what happened in the world of star trek gaming computer status report status Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, it's four weeks and still no word from Cryptic Studios. In the meantime, let's visit other games in the Star Trek franchise. 
After meeting with the Cardassians to forward a Federation trade agreement, Captain Jonathan Archer's shuttle is shot down over the desert planet Dozeria. Help him escape and learn more about who shot him down and why. That's Star Trek Timeline's Ripples and Waves mega event, and that has concluded. And players must now confront some kind of anomaly in our own timeline, a flashback event. A reprise of last November's Secrets in the Desert event will run from July 9th through 13th for the Federation, Cardassian Union, and Section 31 factions. However, the timelines have already diverged because now the ranked reward is the five-star Catan Native Cayman, a.k.a. Captain Picard's flute-playing alter ego from the TNG episode Inner Light. Event crew for the high bonuses includes last week's five-star Desert Archer, four-star Torchbearer Tyler, and four-star Undercover O'Brien. Any of these characters' other variants will grant small bonuses. Unfortunately, Star Trek Timelines is also in the news this week for less than pleasant reasons. You see, players criticized both the game's recently introduced Offer Wall feature, which grants players free in-game currency in return for participating in marketing surveys, and the ad agency that administers it as unacceptable risks to their personal privacy. A number of popular fan-maintained informational websites have gone dark to protest the offer wall and do so as long as it is in the game. Now, this is particularly interesting, right? Because mobile games are littered with these advertisements and ways to get your data. I think the one game that is not egregious in this is Pokemon Go. I've been playing Pokemon Go like crazy recently. And I am not bogged down by ads. It just leaves me alone. It's because it's drinking all your data from behind the scenes. It's okay. It's cool. <laughs> I, maybe that may be the case. I, I sound mean, like an know. old grump. I can't. My my daughter, like, you know, is doing something on her phone. I'm like, hey, what you doing? And she's like, she tells me what it is. I'm like, hey, did I ask for permissions to get stuff from your phone? She's like, I don't know. And then I, like, lecture her for 30 minutes on all the things that she's giving away. through the. Jeez, I, I'm like, I know. I know. I'm like an <laughs> old, I'm an old funny daddy. I know. I'm a total buzzkill. <laughs> Just let me play this game, Dad! (laughs) This method of giving something up to earn rewards in the game, whether it's personal data or watching an ad, I don't know what's more egregious, getting the personal data or watching an ad. I would think that getting your personal data for marketing purposes and selling them off to a third party, that is questionable, at least, right? So, you know, it's a fine balance of how do you monetize a mobile game as opposed to a game that you buy outright or other free-to-play games as you would I'd on I'd rather PC. watch an ad. Someone, yeah, someone paid so that game company or whatever to get an eyeball on their product. That's, that's a, I guess, valuable service that the game can provide. And if it means I get the game for free, then okay, that's fine. I'll go along with that. Yeah, I mean, most people would rather suffer than, like, if you're giving up your personal information, that it seems a lot riskier than just watching an ad so that you can play the game for free. And it's just, and it just feels dirty because it's like you're, they're, they're saying, well, they agreed to it. Yeah, it's sneaky and underhanded, you know, you know terms and conditions, hidden sure. stuff. You, you, got, you got four new coins, and we got access to your web browser history and your Amazon wish list. So, you know, that's fair, right? For for magic coins for that? Absolutely. Well, in other mobile games, Star Trek Fleet Command has a D20 patch announcement. You see, Commanders, it's time to cast the die and hope luck is on your side. Because today, Star Trek Fleet Command revealed the new content coming with patch D20. 
Part two of the Outlaws arc, The Exchange, continues the story in the newly revamped Augment Space. Commanders will find themselves in cahoots with Khan and Harry Mudd's fragile alliance with some of the most lucrative and lethal assets in the Alpha Quadrant for the taking. Assemble a team, boldly go, do crime. Patch D20 also rolls in systems content with a new Outlaws research tree, the Rogue Faction, and its very own faction store, along with 20 new Outlaw missions accessible through the Fleet Command Battle Pass. But with the new content comes Eclipse and Outlaw Armada Hostiles, so show them that you're not to be trifled with in Harry Mudd's new Getaway Cruiser, the Stella. Also known as Stella! <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Because no two jobs are ever the same, Stella features a special scrapping mechanic. Tear it up, tear it down, and rebuild your ride to reap even more bonuses from your ill-gotten gains and unlock special nodes in the Outlaw's research tree. Tabletop players have enjoyed seeking out new life and new civilizations in many Star Trek role-playing game systems, most recently in Modifius Entertainment's Star Trek Adventures 2D20-based system. However, great dishonor has been done to the Klingon Empire, which has not seen new playable content in almost 40 years. That, brave warriors, is about to change. Modifius is now taking pre-orders for print editions of the Klingon Empire, a new core rulebook with the revamped 2D20 Star Trek Adventure system, and everything Klingon campaigns need to weave tales of glory and conquest. The rulebook includes Game Master Guidance, a dissertation's worth of cultural and historical information, pre-made ally and antagonist NPCs, and an adventure already prepared for you to dive into Batleth's first. Those who can't wait to heed the call to battle can purchase the full PDF preview on Modifius' website today and receive the final version when the print edition launches. Well, Captains, the world of Star Trek gaming is vast and varied, and we want to spotlight some previously released Star Trek games that you may have forgotten about. Whether to celebrate a classic or make a new introduction, we're slingshotting around the sun for our new segment titled Retro Trek. And now, here's Anthony with a tabletop game even Una would enjoy. Creating a temporal vortex. Time travel. We've done it before. Sure, slingshot around the sun, pick up enough speed, you're in time warp. If you don't, you're fried. The future is the past, the past is the future. It all gives me a headache. Get him back! Get him back! 2020 has certainly been a challenging year. As an avid tabletop gamer, I miss being able to sit across from other people while enjoying the physical components of my favorite board games. Players do have virtual options for gaming right now, like Tabletop Simulator and Board Game Arena, but there's something about holding cards in my hand or moving pieces on a board that makes it a more engaging experience. Since I do have a good-sized board game collection, I've been diving into the games that have a solo player or solitaire mode. Luckily, there are several Star Trek games that fall into this category. Star Trek Panic, designed by Justin DeWitt and published by Fireside Games and The Op, also known as USAopoly, is a cooperative defense game based on the previously released Castle Panic. In Star Trek Panic, you, and your crewmates if other players can join you, will attempt to protect the USS Enterprise, Ol' 1701, from an onslaught of enemies while trying to complete five missions. 
The cardboard three-dimensional enterprise sits in the center of the game board surrounded by six sections. Each section has three distances, and the Enterprise has a shield face and hull part that can take damage from enemies in the section facing it. Players take on the role of an original series crew member, each with a special ability. During a player's turn, they will play cards to attack enemies, repair damage from the Enterprise, or commit cards to completing missions. Players may also maneuver the Enterprise by rotating it or moving it forward. This will affect what faces of the ship the enemies will attack. At the end of the turn, enemies on the board move closer to the Enterprise and attack it. Then, new enemies are drawn from a bag and placed on the board at random. The missions to be completed are pulled right from TOS episodes. For example, the Trouble with Tribbles mission requires that you maneuver the Enterprise within close distance of a Klingon ship and commit the appropriate crew to beam the Tribbles to the Klingon ship before the time runs out. Since this is a cooperative game, players are encouraged to work together and even trade cards with each other during their turns. I've been playing the game solo, which is not an easy task. The great thing about this game is that you really feel like you're trying to navigate the Enterprise around space, avoiding enemies and completing missions. And it lives up to the name. On more than one occasion, I felt panicked trying to keep the Enterprise from turning into space dust. The components of the game are decent quality too. The cardboard 3D Enterprise is visually and functionally fantastic. There are thick blue plastic shield pieces that protect the Enterprise and make you feel vulnerable when enemies do enough damage that you have to pull them out. And when enemy spaceships do enough damage to the hull, there are replacement sections of the Enterprise that you set on it to show explosions and hull breaches. The game ends when you've completed five missions or if all six sections of the Enterprise hull are damaged, which happens very often for me. Star Trek Panic is a great family game for Trek fans that also happens to support just one player with no special rules or dummy player. Released in 2016, you can get your own copy of Star Trek Panic by contacting your friendly local game store or by checking out eBay. The game retails for around $30 to $40. For more information, check out the links in the show notes. All right, Captains, a big shout-out to uh, Anthony for joining us on these little adventures down memory lane. I never played Star Trek Panic. That's not something... I never played any Panic. I really just stuck to Monopoly and... Life. Sorry. Operation. I've seen Panic at the disco. Does that count? No. <laughs> no. There are no cards involved but with that. No. There are no cards involved. Sorry, I was at a rock show sometimes. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this new ad- this new adventure we're going to take. As a matter of fact, Captains, keep an eye on our social media channels because as we go down this path of retro games in the Star Trek franchise, I plan on going live on Facebook and Twitch at the very least to play these games because Star Trek Online was my very first ever Star Trek game I ever played. I didn't play the old Windows 98 games or DOS games or anything of that nature. Oh, that's a lie. I did try Elite Force. I did play Elite Force. But I'm kind of excited about experiencing these games in 2020 in the Star Trek universe. And I'm excited to experience that with you. So keep an eye on our social media channels. My guess is that it's going to happen around 6 p.m. at one one of these nights during the week. But keep keep an eye on there. Next week, we're going to be doing Academy. I think Starfleet Academy. We're doing. The actual... With the full motion video? Yes, I think we're doing Starfleet Academy. Yes, Starfleet Academy with the full motion, you'll, motion you'll video. You'll watch Joystick. So, really? Yeah. Oh, all right. Cool. So, in the next couple of days, 
Uh, I'll be going live on our Twitch channels, Facebook and Periscope and YouTube to play these games and experience them for myself. So check it out. That's all we have to cover this week in Star Trek Gaming. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. Last week, our community question was, do you want to see Picard rekindle his romance with Dr. Crusher? Via Twitter, Michelle P. writes, Make it so. Hashtag Picard needs Bev. And also included a gif of Dr. Crusher hugging Picard. Yeah, it was a funny gif. It was a hilarious gif. On Facebook, we got tons of feedback, starting with Ben Pittman. I'd like to see Crusher as a doctor. Maybe his ex-wife as well, but it needs to be relevant to Star Trek. I'd like to see her kick ass and figure things out again for Picard. Jamal Taylor replied, yes. They avoided dealing with it in the show and the movies. Just do it now. Now that she doesn't have to watch him die from a disease she can't cure, let them be the couple they should have been. This isn't DC Comics, and he's not Kirk. Heroes can have families and love interests that don't get killed off. Have Beverly show up on a ship commanded by Captain J. She would have gotten a few promotions by now. He can try explaining why he didn't call her. (laughs) Good. It's good. I can see the scene already. Absolutely. Joseph Howard pointed out, you know, if Beverly will give it up for a haunted lamp, a robot of her ex-captain won't be too surprising. You know? 100%. That's right. Although she will ask questions about, why didn't you spruce this model up a bit? What's the deal with keeping you 94 years old? There'd be questions. Hard questions. Jilene Chu says, if all good things was right, they should be divorced by now. I want some reassurance that a relationship took place. I hope they at least gave it a shot. Tate Holtwick, Randy Boyle, and Kevin Delane all shared similar opinions that it was not necessary, which Chris Clemente summed up with just one meme, Ron Swanson saying, don't even care. Well, that wraps up episode 468 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for a complete list. Then be sure to subscribe to them all and share them with your friends. But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like David K. Rutley and Peter Archibald. Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters, Anthony, and me, plus the rest of the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest news from Star Trek Online and the Armada community, including spotlighting some of our amazing members. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Star Trek Online players, whether you're new or a veteran. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times, and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Remember, Captains, if you cannot make a financial contribution, that's okay. The next best thing you can do is 
to help spread the word about this show. Invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including Gray, William, Brandon, Rand, Daniel, Roscoe, and Skiffy. Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, and associate producer, Shane Hoover, with support from Thomas of the Priority One Armada. Together, they organize and write up our summary of the weekly headlines from the Star Trek multiverse. Thanks to our social media manager and guest contributor this week, Anthony Cox. Thanks to our graphic artist, Henry Pomper, with support from Jason Smith of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. is Elijah tr- <gasps> Elio Elio Trek it out sync one. It's you nine years this. of doing it. How, I, I, what, I have to do, I have to have a little rubber band <laughs> just to remind myself of what the hell my name is. It's Cat Trek it out sync two. Uh, in solidarity, this is Antonio Trek it out sync three. Thanks. Oh, can I be Catalina? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Sure. See. Let's all let's all take Spaniard names. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Spaniard and Spanish names. All right, we are going to Trek it out now in tres, dos, uno. On July 6th, SIG... I knew this was going to be a problem. 6th SID. 6th SID City. What are you doing to me, man? What are you doing to me? This is Elijah Feedback Sync 1. This is Cat Feedback Sync 2. Yo soy Antonio, compadre de Elijah. Helio. Sync 3. Helio. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.